welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. On today's episode, we're focusing on the texts of Orlovsky's aria from Die Fledermaus with Stephanie Atanasov and Morgens Steh ich auf und frage from Schumann's Liederkreis, Opus 24, with Markus Markwart. Then Markus Hen talks with us a little more about diphthongs and the phonetic sound sh, whose phonetic letter looks like a long squiggly s. Last summer in Salzburg, I was crossing the street near a toy store once when I heard some American students reading store signs out loud and wondering why the word for game started with a sh when it's spelled S-P-I-E-L. The sound sh is usually spelled S-C-H in German. But at the beginnings of words, an S before a T or a P will also usually be a SH. It might seem like a strange thing to go in-depth about, but as you'll hear, there are question marks about some words that start with ST. If you don't have the music for these pieces but want to follow along, you can find texts for these songs through the links at the blog at thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the THE. Our first text is Orlovsky's aria from the operetta Die Fledermaus by Johann Strauss. The libretto for Die Fledermaus was written by Karl Hafner and Richard Genie and was based loosely on a German farce called Das Gefängnis, the prison, and a French vaudeville called Le Réveillon, the Midnight Supper. Ich lade gern mir Gäste ein. Man lebt bei mir recht fein. Man unterhält sich wie man mag, oft bis zum hellen Tag. Zwar langweil ich mich stets dabei, was man auch treibt und spricht. Indes, was mir es wird, steht frei, duld ich bei Gästen nicht. Und sehe ich, es ennuyiert sich jemand hier bei mir, so pack ich ihn ganz ungeniert, werf ihn hinaus zur Tür. Und fragen sie, ich bitte, warum ich das denn tu? Siehst mal bei mir so sitte, chacun a son goût. Wenn ich mit anderen sitz beim Wein und Flasch und Flasche leer, muss jeder mit mir durstig sein, sonst werde grob ich sehr. Und schenke Glas um Glas ich ein, duld ich nicht Widerspruch. Nicht leiden kann ich's, wenn sie schreien, ich will nicht, hab genug. Wer mir beim Trinken nicht pariert, sich zieret wie ein Tropf, dem werfe ich ganz ungeniert die Flasche an den Kopf. Und fragen sie, ich bitte, warum ich das denn tu? Siehst mal bei mir so sitte, chacun a son goût. That was Stephanie Atanasov reading Orlovsky's aria. We have in this piece a lot of words that start with a sh sound. The rule for shs is if it's an s before a t or an s before a p in the beginning of the word, it's a sh sound. Stets, steht. Stets, steht, spricht. Now, if also this also works if it's the beginning of the root of a word and not necessarily the very beginning of the word. Widerspruch. So you see that Widerspruch, the Spruch is actually a word by itself. And Wider is another word that goes along with it. So that's why that P, that S is a SH. It also, obviously, if it's an SCH, that also spells SH. Yeah, schenken, uh, schön. One other rule that, that we haven't talked about yet is S's at the beginning of the word. German is the only language that I know of that the S at the beginning of the word is pronounced voiced, is pronounced like a Z. So you see it all over this piece too. Sich, sie, se, so sitte. 
Yeah, so you hear how all of those words start with a Z sound. But if it's in, at the end of the word, Glas, stets, the end, for example, stets, yeah. hinaus, durstig. You can hear that at the end of a word, an S is always unvoiced. And in durstig, we find an ST combination that isn't SH. Like we said before, the S followed by T or P becomes a SH only at the beginning of a word or root word. So if you see it in the middle or the end of a word, like fest, finstar, or am besten, there it can still just be a plain old unvoiced S. And we also, in this piece, have some words that are not necessarily German words. They come from the French, right? Yeah, well, yeah right. Ennuyert. So do you say this in like the French, or do you say this more in sort of a German version of a French word? I try to say it more French. Ungeniert. So you hear that the, the G isn't a G, it's a Z. Ungeniert. It's a voiced yeah. Z. A couple of things to notice, we have the word oft, oft bis zum hellen Tag. In, in English, we say often or often, depending on where we're from in America. In German, you always say all the letters. Yeah. So we get oft. Oft. When we talked about Heidenröslein, we had talked about knie and, and the K and Knabe. In German, again, we always say all of the letters. So we have a, they have a very common grouping of PF. Tropf. Kopf. And they even start a lot of words with that. So a horse is a... Pferd. Uh, the old word for a penny. Pfennig. And a pastor is a... Pfarrer. They actually get all of these sounds out, and that P is pretty strong, right? Mm, yeah. Pferd, Tropf, Kopf. Yeah. Something that we should really mention in this piece is grammar. The sentence structure in this is so backwards to the way you would say it in English, and sometimes even the way I would necessarily... I would say it in German. Hmm. Uh, that I wanted to make sure and talk about things like separable prefixes, which if you take in German, we talk about separable prefixes and everyone gets terrified because the, the prefix goes at the end of the sentence. Yeah. So even the very first sentence of this. Ich lade gerne Gäste ein. So the, the infinitive of the verb is? Einladen. So you hear how the ein goes with laden. So you have to get from laden to ein and make the rest of the sentence fit into that. The same thing happens in the second verse. Und schenke Glas und Glas ich ein. So the actual verb is... Einschenken. So you hear that this ich schenke ein, I give out. Yeah. So it's not as terrifying as it looks, it's just a matter of identifying it when you get yeah. there. The other thing we have in here in this a lot is reflexive verbs. Sich unterhalten. Man unterhält sich wie man mag. And right there you heard her say the infinitive is... Sich unterhalten. And we have that all over this piece. Zwar langweil ich mich stets dabei, sich langweilen. Exactly. So you hear, even though you've changed it, that the verb is, that the infinitive is, sich langweilen. And then when, it's, when you put it for yourself, ich langweil mich. And because it doesn't start the sentence, as usual in German, everything gets all backwards and turned yeah. around. <laughs> the other verbs in this piece that do that are sich annuieren, sich zieren. So when you come to those, make sure you make the structure of the sentence work. The one sentence that I, that I noticed before here. Sonst werde grob ich sehr. I would never say that. No, that's, no, that's a poetic form. It's like a yeah, poem. Yeah, yeah. and it's it just in a way to get the rhyme. The rhyme, yeah, that's to, to get the rhyme work. Yeah. That's not a grammar lesson here. This. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Make sure that as you're translating it, that you look around and see what else might be there. How would you say the sentence in German? Sonst werde ich sehr grob. So you can hear, the sehr, sehr actually belongs to grob. 
It doesn't belong to ich. So as you're, pay, as you're translating it, just pay attention to how the sentences work as opposed to how they look on the page. We talked about how the words ennuyiert and ungeniert come from French. And you heard that ungeniert keeps that funky Z phonetic letter J followed by a schwa, just as it would in the French. The word ennuyiert comes from ennui, E-N-N-U-I, boredom. So the first syllable is the A nasal, followed by the combination of U-I, which in phonetics is the upside-down H-glide, going into a lowercase i. It should match up with the French word for night, nui, ennuyiert. The word is eingedeutscht, or made more German, by making it a reflexive verb. Because of how it's set musically, this verb is a difficult one to connect. The subject of the clause is jemand, someone, and the verb is ennuyiert sich, so es ennuyiert sich jemand. If you can keep that together, it'll help us understand the text better and also create a musical line that doesn't start and stop every two measures. I also wanted to clarify one other thing. SCH doesn't always make the sound SH, that long squiggly S phonetic letter. At the beginnings of words it does, but sometimes when words are compounded together, the combination SCH is accidentally formed. For example, a small house would be a Häuschen. Since the base word is Haus, H-A-U-S, and the diminutive Chen, which starts with a C sedia, is added to it, both sounds maintain their integrity. Häuschen, Häuschen. So when you find SCH in the middle of a word, Look to see if what comes before the CH is a word on its own. If it is, it might not be a SH. Our second text today is Morgens stehe ich auf und frage, which is a text from Schumann's Liederkreis. There are actually two Liederkreis by Schumann, Opus 24 and Opus 39. This is from the first and less often performed cycle with texts by Heinrich Heine, one of the most important German poets of the 19th century. Morgens steh ich auf und frage, kommt feins Liebchen heut? Abends sink ich hin und klage, aus blieb sie auch heut. In der Nacht mit meinem Kummer lieg ich schlaflos wach, träumend wie im halben Schlummer Wandle ich bei Tag. That was Markus Markwak reading Morgens stehe ich auf und frage. And I just had a few questions. I wanted to ask you about the first sentence, basically. We have a lot of glottals. How much glottal is too much or how much glottal do we need to get to get make the words clear? Ich denke, dass in der deutschen Sprache des, uh, der Glottis immer am Anfang ein wenig ist. Also er ist nie ganz hart, er ist eigentlich relativ weich, aber er ist immer omnipräsent, wenn es um einen äh, Vokal am Anfang eines Wortes geht. So in the German language, the glottal is always present, but it's usually, it's very soft. It's not a hard sound, but it's always there whenever the word starts with a vowel. For example, the first sentence, how would you say that? Morgens stehe ich auf und frage. And the, the third line has a couple of them too, huh? Abends sink ich hin und klage. So there's a very distinct break, but it's not necessarily a hard ich. It's sink ich. Es 
ist ein Glottis, aber ein weicher Glottis. Ein weicher a soft, a soft Glottis. There is a Glottis, but a soft Glottis. I also wanted to ask about diphthongs, because we have, in German, thankfully, just like in English, we have a lot of diphthongs, but they don't necessarily sound the same, or exactly the same, as we have in English. Uh, the first one comes often in German with, with very short words. We have a lot of A-U, A-U-F, A-U-S, A-U-C-H. How do those sound in German? Zum Beispiel bei auf, A-U, mm -hmm. au, als würde man sich wehtun. Yeah. <laughs> as, as though someone's hurting, the, has got an ouchie. <laughs> Nicht die Betonung auf U, sondern au. Right. Es muss auf, im Prinzip die Betonung eher auf uh, das A sein. The, stre au. the stress syllable is the A, and, not yeah. the, and don't stress the U at all. Bei heut, mit dem EU. Mm -hmm. With the EU of heute, we also have the same sound when it's an A with an umlaut. Es ist das gleiche wie wie EU. Mm -hmm. Träumend. Heute und Träumend are the same. Das ist Eu. Man könnte es äh, sagen, dass man Eu-Me. Ja, okay. He's uh, as though in Italian the Eu-Me. <laughs> das E-I ist feins. Das gibt es auch als A-I. Right. A-I in German. Remember, A-I is E-I. So that's <laughs> mein, feins. All of those sound like I. So the, the bright eye to the open eye, not too e-ish on the end of it, right? Ja, es ist, man muss, glaube ich, immer bedenken, dass äh, die Betonung immer auf der ersten Zählzeit eigentlich ist und nicht auf der, also das zweite wird immer entlastet. Yeah. I. So always Oi. the stress on the first syllable. Au. Always the stress on the first vowel of the diphthong and very little on the second. Ja. Just as a regular sort of, not a grammar question, but sort of uh, um, as an overarching sort of word that we get, we come up with a lot in German, the ending los, L-O-S. We have that here in, in, uh, in the second. Los bedeutet ja, dass man uh, etwa, etwas fehlt. The ending los means that something is uh, missing. Es ist wie less, helpless zum Beispiel im Englischen. Exactly, endless. End endless, genau, immer diese, diese, diese Sachen, die fehlen. Exactly. Man muss, weil es gibt ja auch äh, andere Möglichkeiten auf OS endend, die dann eben nicht OS, sondern OS sind. Right, so there are other, ja. there are other possibilities that at the end of German words that are not necessarily this OS. In diesem Fall ist es halt eine Sache, die fehlt, der Schlaf. Mm -hmm. Man ist ohne Schlaf, schlaflos, sleepless, würde man sagen im Englischen. Ja. Yeah. Und ähm, da ist das O verlängert. Ohne die Hilfsmittel des Hs oder der Verdopplung zu benutzen. Yeah, so in this case the, the los, the, end, the less part refers to sleeping, schlaf. And because of that it becomes schlaflos. And even without an H the O gets closed and long. Ja. Und es ist, denke ich mal, wie heißt es richtig, etymologisch. Etymologisch, yeah, äh, etymology. Äh, Derselbe Stamm sehr wahrscheinlich, denke ich, wie less, wie los. Yes, also die kommen aus demselben äh, Stall. I'm, I'm pretty sure they do too, because we do get a lot of our sort of daily words in English from German. Yeah, yeah. What Markus just talked about was that the etymological roots of many words, prefixes and suffixes in German and English are the same. Etymology refers to the history of language itself and how the form and meaning of words changes over time. English is a Germanic language, and we do take a lot of our daily words from German, like mother, brother, finger, hand, butter. 
This can help a great deal in translation, but it doesn't always help in diction, as we've already seen in Die Post and Gretchen am Spinnrad. So the important thing to remember is that that suffix, L-O-S, los, is always a long closed O sound, and as usual, an unvoiced consonant at the end. I had the chance to talk with my colleague Markus Hen a little more about diphthongs and very specifically about the letter S before T and P. Markus studied conducting at the Royal Conservatory in London and worked at the Hamburg State Opera before joining the staff of the Zemper Oper in 2002. We start off talking about diphthongs. You'll hear me refer to Zeeps, Duden, and Langenscheidt. The foremost resources for German diction are Zeeps Deutsche Bühnenaussprache, which is stage diction, and the Duden's Dictionary, which comes closer to spoken German and the language used on electronic media. I also have a Langenscheidt's Dictionary, which is another company that specializes in languages and travel. What's so interesting in comparing them is that on diphthongs, all three have different spellings for the second vowel of the diphthong. So we're talking with Markus Hen about some, some general things in German diction. I really wanted to talk with you about diphthongs. So, and, and I is probably the most, the most common one, because we see that in all the possessive pronouns, yeah. mine, sein, kein, no, not mine, yours, none, diphthong I is spelled... E-E-E? Is e, e, yeah. Or A-I. Exactly. E-I or A-I. My. The problem is how to write this phonetically. In diphthongs, we always have a longer primary vowel and then the short diphthong at the end. So the ah would be the primary vowel, would be yeah. the, the longer vowel. And then the question is, what's the, what is the second one that it goes to? In the zeeps, we have a to close e. So we have i. In the dudens, we get ie. We get the ah to the closed e sound. But if I look it up in Langenscheidt, then I get ah to an open e, ie. What would you say to that? Das ist einfach nur eine, 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 Verbind so eine, 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 so eine Verbindungslinie zu dem e. Also wenn ich sage, mein Herz, mein mein Herz. So it's just it's just connected. It's just a, a yeah a connected sound that goes yeah. to the next consonant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there a too closed version? Would it be hein hein? Would it go really closed? Would it? Ja, wir haben wir haben diese, diese italienische i eigentlich nie. Eine, an open yeah. an open sound. Wir haben nur das 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 gerade ganz gerade i wenn es i e ist. Ne? So they don't have a closed so they don't have a closed that closed i sound at the end of the diphthong like Italian would have. It's an opener. E sound, heine, and not closed enough to like a closed e, heine. Something in between, yeah. Something in between the two. So that's one diphthong, and that can be spelled, as we said, in a few different ways. We have Mai, M-A-I, the month of May. I think the combination A-I comes very, very often. Those are eigennamen. Yeah. What he's saying is the diphthong I spelled with A-I comes much more seldom, uh, usually in proper names. Yeah, and, yeah. and then sometimes... Oder alte Worte, der, der Hain, zum Beispiel, H-A-I-N. Yeah, the uh, other, in, in older words, sometimes you'll see that H-A-I-N. Hain is a kleines Wäldchen. And we actually, even where all the Wagner operas are performed, we have it with a Y, spelled with a Y, B-A-Y, Bayreuth. Mm -hmm. And also in the word, in the title of Bayreuth, we have another diphthong, Oi. And there again, we have three different versions from Zeeps, which is... O, an open O to an O slash, or we have in Dudens we have O U, which is an open O to the Y, which is almost mm -hmm. U sound. In the in the Langensteins, then we still we get 
clo- uh, open O to an open I. Oi. How would you say it? How, what would you Bayreuth. 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 Ja, der, der, der Punkt ist meistens, wo man, wo man den, die, die Betonung setzt. Manche sagen, ich glaube, die Einheimischen sagen Bayreuth und manche sagen Bayreuth. Aha, uh-huh, so, so you can actually, some Reut. people say, Reut. some people say the stressed syllable is Bay, Bayreuth, and some people say Bayreuth. So the question is, okay, if you're going to stress the Reut, what the primary vowel is open O, and then what's the second sound? What's the second part of the diphthong? Reut. How do you, how do you say oil? Oil. 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 Bayreuth. Bayreuth, oil, I think it's very similar. Oh, yeah, the Leute, oil, Leute. Leute. So it's still, it's almost open eye too. Loi, oi, yeah. It's still Leute. open, an opener sound. Träumen, yeah. träumen. Yeah, and there, whoa, you just gave an example. That can be spelled either with EU or A with an umlaut and U. Yeah, A, but in the Aussprache it's kein Unterschied. But in, when you speak it, it doesn't make any difference. It still is that same, it'll still be that same sound. So either way, the primary vowel is an open O and you heard a very open sound for the diphthong as well, Bayreuth. Mm-hmm. The other diphthong we get in German is A to U. And here again, we have three different versions of it. In, in Zeeps, we have A to a closed O. In Dudens, we have A to a closed U. And in Langenscheid, we have A to an open O. For example, in, when we say, Dies Bildnis ist bezaubernd. That's the schwa that I'm talking about. Wenn man denn das Wort ausspricht, dann spricht man das schneller aus, als es gesungen wird. Of course. Und das ändert ein bisschen die Aussprache, könnte ich mir vorstellen. Also wenn man sagt bezaubernd, mm-hmm. bezaubernd, dann ist das ist schon, dann ist es schon weg. Yeah. Das Bild ist bezaubernd schön. Und dwells a little on, on each one of the... Of yeah. the uh, so when you speak, it actually goes much faster than when you sing it. So when you say, say it, you almost don't hear the diphthong. But when you sing it, you have to say that sound longer. So that's, and that's, I think, why we have the issue with diphthongs about how closed does the, the second part of the diphthong get to be. So we have the long sound, which is ah, and then the question is how closed bezaubernd, bezau, I mean, like I said, zit has a closed o. Yeah. If you sing it bezaubernd, bezaubernd. But when you, you sing it, it's almost so long. in Italian, uh, au, yeah. Au, so a little closed. Yeah, it's not like bezaubernd, no, no, bezaubernd. Yeah, so not really to a closed o, most yeah. more closer to a u. The other thing I wanted to ask about was the letter S when it sounds like a SH. Most times that you see SCH, it's the, for us, the phonetic letter is that big, long, funny S looking thing. But when we have, when we have it in front of a T or a P, it does the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. But only when it's the beginning of the base word, like, uh, like Stück, the P, a piece, Stück, or Stehen, to stand. Yeah. Es, es tritt nur auf äh, am, am Anfang, glaube ich. Wenn ich zerstückelt sage, dann ist es ein, ein äh, zusammengesetztes Wort. Ja. Exactly. So zerstückelt, aber es ist trotzdem äh, wie ein, ein zusammengesetztes Wort. Exactly. So you have what he's saying is in, in when it's in words that are compound or that have prefixes, there again it can still be, become a sh because it's part of that base word. But we have it. It's still an st when it's in the middle of a word like beste or Rasthof. Rasthaus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nee, es ist schon, es ist schon ST. Exactly. So if you, if you have it in the middle Vokal. of the word or the middle of a regular word, it can often still be the ST. But we have at the beginning the word, we have Spiel, a game. We have Stehen, to stand. But we sometimes have words that are question marks. And I remember being in college, do it, working on uh, Zerbinetta. Mm-hmm. And the word 
statua, statua, statue came up. And my teacher looked at me and said, do you say statua or statua? So I'm going to ask you that question. Do you say statua or statua? statua. With an S, not a sh, but an S. And why? Ich habe, den, ich habe das Gefühl, dass es, dass es bei Worten mit explizit, explizite Verbindung zur, zum romanischen Sprachraum, dass man da ST sagt. So he's saying that, that he thinks when a, when a word has specific Roman Latin roots, then you would say ST as opposed to sh. Can you name some other words that, that are you common? You talked about style. Style, stil. Styx. Um, yeah, this yeah. is uh, what Styx he were saying is S-T-Y-X as in the river Styx in yeah. Hades. So if, if you know where, where it comes from, where this word comes from and what it actually means, you would say you would use an S and not a Sch. Wir haben eine, eine Stereoanlage oder eine Stereoanlage. Das, ich würde das ganz klar einem, also Leute mit ein bisschen sprachliche Erziehung würden sagen Stereoanlage und andere würden einfach Stereo. Yeah, so stereoanlage is actually a stereo, and uh, you can say either, but as he's saying with uh, if you have more of, of an education, you're more likely to say S instead of Sch. Und es gibt eine, eine wichtige Sache, die wir nicht erwähnt haben. In, in Norddeutschland spricht man sehr oft grundsätzlich das S wie S vor T und P. So in, uh, in North of, in the north part of Do Deutschland, in the north part of Germany, people are more, have more of a tendency to say the S before a T as an S and not as a Sch sound. Also es gibt so eine, eine, einen Demonstrationssatz in Norddeutschland, man stolpert über einen spitzen Stein. <laughs> so that's a, um, a, demonst a demonstration sentence to use, yeah. the, to use those sounds. Man stolpert means one stumbles. Man stolpert, but he's saying man stolpert. And what's the rest of it? Man stolpert über spitzen Stein. Über spitzen Stein. So Stein is the word for stone. Spitzen is something with a point or something sharp. Yeah. So okay. what he's saying now here is actually making the joke on man stolpert und spitzen Stein. Man stolpert über spitzen. I can't even make myself say that. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the northern non German people would pronounce all these words with star. Start is. Yeah. Status, status. If we have also a different coloring of the vowels. Yeah. But that's, that, that's a clear local. That's a dialect. The dialect. Exactly. Color, let's, let's call it a color. Well, what about P's? And okay, so as we're finding out, the S before a T can sometimes be an S instead of a SH. But S before P is generally also considered to be a SH. Yeah. Is there, are there any SP's that, that don't take that or that you can think of? Only the local, the local coloring of the, of the North Germany. Even the word for Spanish is Spanish. Yeah. The word for language is Sprache. So it, an S before a P generally stays yeah. Sch. Because there are few connotations with the Roman sort of root. I try to think of something which is yeah. yeah, I was, I've been... Perfect Roman root. Roman root. I, I don't know. And I was looking through the Dudens and the only ones that I saw were things that were, uh, were very technical, like chemistry, things that as musicians we generally don't have to talk about. As I said before, there are three different acceptable versions of how diphthongs can be written phonetically, and I was a little unclear in talking about the I diphthong. I said for both Zeebs and Dudens that the second vowel of the diphthong is E. What I meant to say was that Zeebs spells this as a bright A to a closed E, which is the closed E. And Dudens spells it as a bright A to a closed E, which is the lowercase I phonetic letter. So sorry for the confusion. 
Some diction books even differ on the quality of the primary vowel, using a dark off for the au diphthong. This time I can't say, here's the rule, some people don't follow it. I can only tell you the options. And I've tried really hard not to give my own opinion here, but to show you what native speakers sound like. The important thing is always that the primary vowel is long and the diphthong vowel very, very short at the end. And I hope that through listening to people speaking not only the text, but also just talking in their own language, that you can get a sense of what it sounds like and find something that works for your voice. And that's our episode for today. If you want to find out more about Stephanie, Markus Markwart, or Markus Hen, or if you have any specific questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, check out the blog at thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that more people can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening and see you next week.